Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't we give the Lord another hand clap of praise for the word. Jesus' name, God, I thank you for this day. I thank you, God, for the word. I thank you, God, for loving us, God, when we were unlovable. Thank you, God, for loving us despite everything. In the name of Jesus, thank you, God. Well, praise the Lord, Anchor Church. I'd like to give, also give honor to our pastor, our pastor's wife. If it wasn't for Pastor Bounds, I would not be standing here today, and I, I say that in 100% truth. He has been through with me through some of the hardest times in my life. He has walked with me. I mean, he is a true example of Christ-like spirit. And uh, I'm just thankful for our, for our pastor. He's an amazing man. I would also like to give uh, honor to the ministry. Everybody represented here, all the daughter work pastors, young ministers, I honor you. I'm thankful to be numbered among you. Some great, great men of God. And I also want to honor the church. You are wonderful, amazing people, and I'm just so glad to be a part of this body. So thank you for being faithful people of God. All right, I'd like to turn your attention to Genesis chapter 49. Verse, uh, verse 22. The Bible says, Joseph is a fruitful bough. Even a fruitful bough by a well whose branches run over the wall. I would like to speak to you from this subject, fruitful bow. If you'd lay your uh, Bibles down and lift your hands, let's pray over this, this word. God, in the name of Jesus, I pray you anoint me to speak to your people, God. You've put me before your people, the people you, who you have died for, oh God. I'm honored to be here, God. I pray in Jesus' name that you would be with us in this service, oh God. Anoint their ears to hear. Anoint my mouth to speak, oh God, what it is that you would have me to say. In the name of Jesus, you may be seated. Well, it all, it, it was uh, Sunday. It was Sunday, July 18th at about 3.30 in the morning. I'm on vacation in Tampa, Florida, and I'm wrestling, trying to get back to sleep. I can't get back to sleep, so I just, I hear the words of pastor, if you can't go to sleep, get up and pray. So I'm still trying to go back to sleep, but God is dealing with me, and I just hear this, this word ringing in my ears, bait, bait, bait. I'm not talking about fishing tackle or bait. I'm talking about uh, a Hebrew word. It is the second letter of the Hebrew alphabet. There are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. This is the second letter of the Hebrew alphabet. It's called bait. And Hebrew has letters, and each letter has a philosophical meaning. 
and they also have a numerical value. Bait is the second letter, so it has a numerical value of two. So if, you, if you've ever been in Psalms chapter 119, every, every letter of the Hebrew alphabet is shown here. And there's a corresponding set of scriptures beneath each letter. So I, dabbling in a little bit of Hebrew, I knew this. I knew that, um, that Beit was in, in Psalms 119. I've kind of studied a little bit of the Hebrew alphabet. And I didn't exactly know what Beit meant, but I heard this word in my mind four times. So I just got up and I went and I sought the Lord. And so I, I turned to Psalms 119, uh, verse 9, and it says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? And this is a question. And it, in, in, this, in the Psalms, it, it answers the question immediately. It says, By taking heed thereto according to thy word. By taking heed thereto according to thy word. In the Amplified, it says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping watch on himself according to your word, conforming his life to your precepts. And so I'm, 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 up, I'm up at four o'clock in the morning studying this out, reading this, and I, I come across that first word, wherewithal. What does this word mean? Wherewithal means money or other means needed for a particular purpose. And then similar words are resources and ability. So I start to think, it asks, what is, what, what is the resource in which it requ is required to, to keep your way pure? What does it take to keep your way pure? And bait is also, a, it can act as a prefix, meaning in, at, or with. Bait also means house. And we know that the word Bethel means house of God. So, being, so the, the letter here, bait, in the scripture is referring to keeping your path clean. And how do you do that? There are some scriptures in here that say, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And verses like, I will delight myself in thy statutes. And so this word cleansed, so I start to study the word cleansed, and it takes me to John chapter 15. And there's, I'm going to read a, a good bit of scripture here. Um, John 15, 1. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. And verse 3 says, Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. So the word cleanses us. And bait meaning house, I see here that in verse four, Jesus says, abide in me, abide in me. You are, do you not know that your, your body is the temple of God? Allow, Jesus said, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit itself except it abide in the vine. No more can ye accept, no more can ye accept ye abide in me. I am the vine and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what 
you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that you may bear much fruit, so ye shall be my disciples. So Jesus said in John 15, abide in him, and he abides in you. Bait is the numerical value of two. So this is the two in the house. It is your house, your body is the house of God, is the temple of God, and he's asking that you would allow him to abide in you so that you can keep your path clean, so you can keep your way clean. You are the temple of God. Abide in him and he in you so that you can bear much fruit. Do you want to bear fruit? Do you want to bear much fruit? And so I'm, I'm studying this out. I'm reading this. I'm writing things down. And at the end of my study, I, I, I remember the scripture, fruitful bow. And so I, I, I researched that. And that's what brings us to Genesis chapter 49, verse 22. Joseph was a fruitful bow, even a, a, fruit, uh, even a fruitful bow by a, a wall, by a well who is, whose branches run over the wall. But Joseph wasn't just fruitful in and of himself. Joseph didn't just become this fruitful bough. This is a, a bough is just a branch, that, uh, the main branch of a tree. And, and the Bible says that he was a fruitful bough by a well who reached over the wall. And the well, and a well represents the spirit, the water, the, the, it represents the spirit of God. So this signifies that Joseph was connected to the well. He was connected in the spirit. And his 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 branch reached over the wall. It reached outside of himself. It reached further away from him than he could, he could stand. It reached further away. It, it reached out so that outside of his life, outside of his church, outside of his realm. And so, but Joseph didn't become this fruitful bough overnight. He didn't become the ruler of Egypt in one day. Joseph didn't get there without being purged first. If you remember, Jesus said that if you produce fruit, you will be purged so that you produce more fruit. And I have a question for you today. Are you willing to be purged? Are you willing to go through some things so that God can produce some more fruit in you? Has anybody been through anything in here? Can I get a witness? Have you been through anything? Has God brought you through anything? Yeah. But this is the purging. This is the purging of uh, that Jesus is talking about. He said, "Abide in me, and I in you, and and you will produce fruit." Because you can't produce fruit unless you're connected to the vine. The vine is where the branches get all their nourishment. But in order to produce much fruit, you must be purged. So Joseph was the favorite of his brothers, as we know. Joseph was hated of his brothers because he was the favorite. God gave Joseph a dream that his brothers and his parents would all bow before him. And so he tells them this dream, and this dream, this dream, telling this dream starts this process of of the the purging process that Joseph is going to have to go through. He first gets thrown into a pit left for dead, but then they decide to sell him. You see, sometimes when you go through things, it, it, might, it might look bad to you, but it's, it's producing value in somebody else's life in a weird way. Uh, his brothers actually sold him and got value out of Joseph, but that was just the first of, 
of the value. That was just a small portion of fruit that was produced out of Joseph's life. And then Joseph was sold again. He was sold to the Midianites. He was sold to the Ishmaelites. And then he was sold into Egypt. And every time his value increased, every time Joseph was, Joseph was a prosperous man. So Joseph is sold into Potiphar's house. And he, he does such a good job and he has such favor with God because he, he, he hid the word of God in his heart. And you see that his, his allegiance was only to God. It was not to Potiphar. It was not to anybody else. And so that's, that, that's where this, this, this Psalm 119, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. If we can just keep that, we will keep a clean path because, you know, Joseph was in the he was in Potiphar's house and Potiphar left everything to him. And then he leaves and his wife, Potiphar's wife is continually asking him to lie with her. It's not just one time. It doesn't, I always thought it was just one time he asked her and he, she, he said no. And then he ran, but no, she continually asks him. It's a continual trying of his faith. But he says, I like his answer. He says, he says, why, why would I, why would I do this and sin against God? How did Joseph keep his path clean? Joseph kept his path. The means in which Joseph kept his path clean was he kept the commandments of God. If you, if you love God, you'll keep his commandments. And that's, that's, where G, that's where Joseph walked. Joseph walked through all of this. So Joseph is prosperous in the house of Potiphar. Joseph gets thrown into prison. And Joseph is prosperous in prison. He becomes a ruler in prison. He is continually this is a purging, and every time he is increasing in value, and you can see it happening. And so, Joseph gets to prison by uh, gets out of prison by interpreting Pharaoh's dream. The plan of God was to sustain the world through the famine, and that's what Joseph interpreted to Pharaoh. So you see. Joseph is now the second richest man. He, he's, he's second only to Pharaoh. He's a, basically the ruler of the world. Pharaoh says, you have control over all Egypt. And so, after a while, Joseph's brothers who betrayed him came to get food because the famine was great. And so, you see that they... Joseph's life, the purging process of Joseph's life, Joseph's life has caused him to produce much fruit. So much fruit that he saved the whole world. Joseph's brothers came to him and they were afraid that he was going to kill them after he was in power. And he said, I like his answer here. He said, Joseph said unto them, fear not for I am, for am I in the place of God? He said, I'm, I'm not God. You, and, and then he goes on to say, but as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. And so I see here that Joseph's mindset toward every trial, toward every tribulation, toward everything that he went through was toward God. He never put himself in the mindset of God. We're going to go through things. We're going to go through things that we don't expect. 
We're going to go through things that don't seem right in our eyes. You know, I'm, I'm not very old, but I've been through some things and there's some things that you're going to go through. You're going to go through things that don't make sense to you. And it is our attitude toward those things that are going to cause us to be fruitful and not only fruit that's going to be fruit for ourselves, but it's fruit that's going to be produced so that we can provide it for others so that we can save others. You know, the trials and tribulations that you go through aren't for you necessarily. We have to, Jesus said, love those that despitefully use you. He said, love your enemies, bless those that curse you, uh, pray for those which despitefully use you. You have to love your neighbor as yourself. You have to do this in order to produce fruit because if you've ever been through, if you've ever been done wrong or if you're going through something that doesn't make sense or doesn't seem right in your eyes, just remember that Joseph's brother's only chance to be saved was by betraying an innocent man. Their only chance to be saved was by, by trying to kill their brother because they, they thought they were selling him unto his death, but they were actually selling him unto his purpose. And so Joseph was called of God and you are called of God. I am called of God. And by selling Joseph off to what they thought was his death, they were filling, fulfilling his purpose. And that's why Jesus said, pray for those who despitefully use you. He said, pray for your enemies because the way you respond to your enemies and the way that you respond to the, the, the situations in your life might be the only reason. That might be somebody's only meal ticket, so to speak. That might be their only way that they can be saved. If they do you wrong, and then you have the, the grace and the mercy and the love of God toward them, if a situation or a trial happens in your life, and you don't understand it, but you say, when I'm in the fire, I won't feel the flame. When I walk through the rivers, I'm not going to be afraid because... God has my life in his hands. And that's where we have to believe. That's where we have to walk in. Because it's not only for us. Our trial is going to produce fruit for us to feed on. Like this word here. God gave me this word to feed on and to sustain me. And it is to give to other people. When you're in your in your in your situation in your trial, and you and you you keep you keep God your number one, you're showing everybody, no matter if they did you wrong, no matter if the situation was out of your control, you're showing that your God is bigger than your situation. Your response to your enemy or your situation is only going to it's not only going to purge you to produce fruit for yourself, it's going to produce enough fruit to feed everyone you come in contact with. And if you're willing to abide in him, be his hands and feet, be the children of God, you're going to be able to produce enough fruit to feed many people. Our trials are not just for us. You know, Judas sold Jesus unto his purpose. You know, Jesus, Judas looked like a bad, like, like the villain, but Judas was necessary to save many people. What, Jesus, what Judas did was to save many people. Joseph's brother sold him, 
But in order for the world to be saved, the Son of God, an innocent man, had to be turned into, in and sold unto what they thought was his death. But just as Joseph was sold into his purpose to produce much fruit to save everybody, Jesus was turned in and killed to save many people. So we're going to go through things. We're going to be purged if we're willing. Is anybody willing to be purged of God? Are you willing to go through the things that God's going to require of you to go through so that you can produce enough fruit in your situation, in your trial, so that other people can be fed too? Because Joseph was a fruitful bough by a well that reached out beyond him. And he was purged enough to provide for others. He was purged enough to feed somebody else through his situation. So when things happen to us, we can't, we can't just get in our own mind and, and say, well, that's not right, because we don't know if it's right. We have to say, God is in control. No matter what I go through, no matter the situation, God is in control at all times. And we can't put ourselves in the place of God to where we say this is right or that's wrong, right. That's what Joseph said to his brothers. What you thought for evil, God meant for good. So I wonder today if we could stand and we could all just lift our eyes to heaven and, and, and really ask ourselves, is there a situation that I've been through? Is there a, a trial that I've been through that I'm, I'm saying, God, this isn't right. God, you, you gotta help me. God, that person done me wrong. What if that person doing you wrong is the only way that that person can be saved? Through your response to what they did to you. Our responses have to be in Christ. We have to have the love of God. Jesus said, forgive them for they know not what they do. What someone does to us, or even a situation that we can't bear, a situation that we did not plan. We have to know that God is in control. We have to know that God has put us here. He has called us and he is in control. And our fruit is going to come out of that purging. I want to be a fruitful bow. I want to be a fruitful person. I want to produce much fruit for God so that maybe my story can help somebody else. Maybe, what, maybe we're going through what we go through just so that we can help somebody else, so that we can save someone else. Are you willing to be purged today? That's the question. Are you willing to go through what it takes, Brother Heine, to be purged of God? It doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem like that. I was done wrong. This situation happened to me, and I didn't, I didn't have any control over it. I'm willing to be purged for God because he's the way, he's the truth, and he's the life. In Jesus' name. God, I pray in Jesus' name for every person in this place, oh God, that if they're dealing with anything, God, they're dealing with offense, if they're dealing with an enemy, if they're dealing with a situation that seems wrong, God, that seems not, not, not right. There are things that are good, there are things that are bad, but 
We are not the judge of it, God. You are the ultimate judge. You will turn the evil for good. God, you are in control. If you're willing to be purged today, I wonder if you'll come to the altar and just surrender. Just surrender everything to God. Love yourself enough to give yourself up. Love yourself enough to give everything up to God. Put it in his hands. He's in control. Are you willing to be purged today? Are you willing to be purged for the greater good of somebody else? Are you willing to be planted in him? Are you willing to be connected to the vine so that he can produce the fruit in you, that he can purge you to produce the fruit to save your circle? You know, living for God isn't just for us. It's to... We, pastor's been speaking about reaching your circle, reaching your circle. Well, your circle is going to be most likely people that are like you, people that might have been through what you've gone through. I know it's true in my own life. My friend, uh, Luke Beerus, he came to the barbershop, just got out of rehab, dealt with drugs, dealt with these, these things. Some of the things that I dabbled in when I was in high school. So I went through those things. Those things were not good. Those things were not right to the mind and the, and the thoughts of society. I looked like a rebel, a bad kid. But now I can take that as a piece of fruit and I can feed Luke every Wednesday and say, I know where you've been. I've got a piece of fruit here that God has purged out of me so that I can feed you. And that's what it's about. We are, we are called of God to, to reach the city, to reach the people around us. And don't think it's strange when you go through something, some fiery trial. You, you guys know what I've been through. Some, some of you know my story and the, and the things that I've been through. And, you know, I could find myself blaming myself for these things and things that weren't in my control. But I just have to surrender. We have to surrender to God and say, God, purge me. Purge me so that I can be what you've called me to be. I can be the fruitful bough that you desire for others to take nourishment from. So I wonder if we can just recommit for some of us. Maybe forgive. Some of your purging might be that you need to forgive somebody. You might need to forgive God for what you've been through in your life because things can happen to the flesh and, and, and it's just to the flesh. But there's, a, there's something more valuable than the flesh. If you've been wronged in your flesh, if someone's hurt you, you can be, you can be restored. Yeah. And, and God, that was wrong. That shouldn't have happened to me. That person did me wrong, but God wants you to surrender that to him. I surrender all. I surrender everything to you, God, because you have my best interest at heart. Yeah, I've been thrown in a pit. Yeah, I've been sold. Yeah, I've been lied on. Yeah, I've been thrown in prison. And all this happened so that I could produce much fruit, so that I could save many people alive in the famine that is the world, in the famine that is where there's no spirit of God. We go and we, we provide the, the nourishment and the food. So why don't we just surrender all today? Forgive those in our hearts that we might need to forgive. Forgive God for allowing us to go through these things and holding it against God because it's not necessarily something good, but it could be for the greater good. It could be for the good of somebody else that we went through that. 
And why don't we just commit to God right now? I'm willing to be purged. Are you willing to be purged for the greater good? I want to be a fruitful vow. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.